Hey everybody, welcome to Workforce Gaming. I'm Brad, here with Doug. Hi. Today is a very important day. <laughs> uh, today is the day, well, a day after, me and Doug both finished Final Fantasy VII Remake after who knows how many years. Mm -hmm. um, so, we've got a ton to talk about. All of this stuff, I think, we can kind of get into it really quick, but the game's fantastic. Oh my god! Um, yeah. the The interesting stuff is talking in what happens, where this goes, how this plays with the story of Final Fantasy VII, how the game actually uses different scenes. So, this is all going to be spoilers um, mm -hmm. as we go through. We'll get to more end game stuff towards the end, but all of this is spoilers, just as a forewarning to all of you. But mm -hmm. before we get into specifics, I absolutely love this game. Yeah. It was almost exactly what I wanted, with one or two little minor things here and there. But mm -hmm. it's it's the game that when I think about what you could do with Final Fantasy VII, yeah. this is what I would have wanted based on the fact that you knew they were only doing this part. It was just great. I, I think it's my favorite game. <laughs> <laughs> it just now it's knowing just that you finished every... it like knowing you finished it like six hours ago. <laughs> sure, I, I, yeah, I mean that's definitely. I'll say the ending did not color my impression of whether I think I decided this was my favorite game about halfway through. Um, and it was because it's just all of my favorite things from all of my favorite games in like a <laughs> single package. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, like I, we're going to get into a little bit, but I think like stealing wholeheartedly from Yakuza, like taking lessons learned from kingdom hearts and then applying some like level of puzzle aspect of like RPG stuff. It's just, it's, they do so many good things. It's just what the perfect game is in my head. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so just a couple of clarifying things. So I think you brought up a couple of points that are important. Um, yeah. and I think one of these colors this game very differently. We both love kingdom hearts. Yes. <laughs> and especially towards the end, this feels very kingdom hearts. Um, yeah. so just throwing that out there, if you're not a fan of some of the kingdom hearts nonsense, like you could have some issues with this, but it's pretty, it's um, not, it's actually pretty straightforward. I'd say until, until the, the last it's, like yeah. hour and a half. And I then was, it's like, yeah. I was definitely in the boat of like this isn't that much like Kingdom Hearts, and then like the last like two hours, like okay, I I can see the comparison. <laughs> <laughs> there were a couple of scenes where I was like, this is. There's one scene where uh, Tifa and Cloud are sitting on a water tower, and it's literally you oh, could copy yeah. and paste the dialogue from Sora and Kyrie on Destiny Island, and it's oh, the sure. exact same dialogue, exact same pacing, exact same tone, everything. Mm -hmm. Um, but kind of the way I want to start with is just talking about the game itself and we'll get into all the story stuff later on, but mm -hmm. just talking about the game itself. Um, one of the things that you mentioned already is you said kind of the walking around like Yakuza. Mm -hmm. um, so I want to start there because I think you spent a lot of time walking around towns and that was one of my key things coming into this game was how are they going to handle those sections? Cause you don't see that in any of the demos. You didn't see that in most of the pre-release stuff. So mm -hmm. when you say Yakuza, what do you mean? Cause a, a lot of people I don't think have played Yakuza, which is sure. a travesty. And B, <laughs> like, there's a lot going on in Yakuza. So what do you mean by Yakuza? I, um, so the Yakuza games, um, what they do is they do this. A, a major component of the game is just walking around a town. So yeah. they make that town feel like it's living, it's bustling. There's things going on that you're not privy to, that like not even a part of the story. There's like little subs, like kind of, like literally just like walking around a city you would normally. Like there's gonna be people chit chatting that's totally unrelated to what you're doing. The um, it might it might not. There's people like playing games. There's people doing other things. So when you're walking around a town in Final Fantasy VII, it feels like it's a bustling town with things going on. 
Yeah. Um, and it feels like like I I haven't played so I don't play a lot of JRPGs, but it just feels like a lot of people are standing around waiting for you to talk to them. But in yep. this one, it felt like a lot of people just doing their own thing, and um, it felt it just felt like a living city. I think that was the thing that was just like so cool. Like I just like love just like quietly walking through. And you can complain it's like well they repeat their animations and stuff, but I think if you're just like walking through and just kind of like glancing at things as you go by, it's just. It's to me, it's like that dream of like when I was playing Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy games as a kid is like, I want to explore this town. Yep. And that's what it felt like. It felt like a real living, breathing town that I was actually like going through and exploring. Um, so yeah, that's what and, I mean by the Yakuza stuff. <laughs> and I think what does that is it does something that Yakuza does as well um, is it has the little text bars on the side where like, yes. and I feel like a normal JRPG, when you go into the city, you just kind of hear the like, until yeah. you go up and talk to someone and they're like, oh, yeah, I was just talking to my friend about how sad it is that my cat disappeared. Yeah. Whereas here you see on the side, like, oh, man, like, I wish my cat's gone. And then even, like, after, like, the bombs go off, you hear people like, oh, what's going on? Is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? So you get those opinions just from that little scrolling text on the side. And I think that does everything mm-hmm. to make this feel like that living city because you're able to be privy to these conversations that may or may not be relevant to what you've done as the main antagon- or protagonist of this game. Yeah, and it's wild. Those, those conversations, like, don't stop when another character is talking to you. Like, they're still yeah. happening in the background. And, like, it's interesting because it's, like, how you would, like, pay attention to somebody during a normal conversation if there's other people talking. You can pay attention to them and listen to what they're saying. But there's also a side conversation going that you can kind of, like, listen in on as well if you choose to. Um, I was just – I just thought that was, like, such a crazy thing that they were, like, willing to have people talking over the dialogue that they wrote. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, for main story stuff. And, I mean, it was cool. I mean, every once in a while, obviously, it's going to be like, oh, they're commenting on the thing I did. But yeah. to me, that was, like, less impressive, I think, than just the other things going on. Well, and um, I think that what worked for me was that it was, like, it almost seemed like depending on the events that you had done, that convert the amount of conversation about what you're doing, like, increased or decreased. Oh, sure. Yeah, So, yeah. like, when you're just doing side quests, like, oh, it wasn't... Eh, never mind. They're like, oh, that's the guy, eh, whatever. And it's just like, it's one little thing like, oh, yeah, that guy was helping somebody. But then like after the plate falls and like everybody's like, oh, my God, like, is this yeah. a good thing? Is this a bad thing? Like, what the hell's wrong with Avalanche? Like, why would Avalanche do this? No. Yeah. And you're getting like everybody's opinions and it's all focused on that one topic at this point. And then yeah. you keep going through the story and you get to like Wall Market and it's, oh, nobody like, oh, yeah, somebody mentioned it like once because it happened a while ago. We're in a different mm-hmm. part of the town all this stuff's changing about it. So just the way they use that dialogue plays so well into how this game is just a living world. I think the game did also do like a really good kind of on that point. It's like every major plot point that occurs in the game, they, it feels like they took the time to think about it's like, how would this character react? How would this world react to that? How would this person react to that? And you see all these like different reactions of different people reacting either stronger or yeah. less at different times. And I just, and like, I, again, I haven't played Final Fantasy VII um, in a really long time. And I actually only played about half of it, but I got through this section. Um, <laughs> Everybody thinks it's only like four hours long. Yeah. Five, seven hours long. And, and I just, I don't remember, I don't remember just, just in games in general where it just feels like everybody is appropriate, really appropriately reacting to the situation given their situation in the storyline or in this yeah. world. And I, yeah, that was just like absolutely crazy. It works so well. Yeah. Um, so I guess kind of we've talked a little bit about the towns, but I want to talk about a couple of the other really cool sites kind of that happen, just the things that you're looking at. Because this game um, has a couple of weird visual things that I don't really want to get into, but there's some just mm-hmm. gorgeous scenes in this. Um, one of the ones that keeps sticking out in my mind is Aerith's house. Yeah. When you first oh, yeah. walk into it and it's got the waterfall and the flowers, just it's so perfect from like the little tiny picture I have in my head from seeing it 
in mm-hmm. Final Fantasy VII, the original. Just that little tiny scene where you see the outside of the house and now being able to see it walk around and you can go up to the balcony, you can look out. It's just, it's such a cool place to like just wander around in because it's so well designed. Everything just looks beautiful in that scene. Yeah, I, that was honestly, I think I, I sent you a text. Like, I think this is the best looking thing I think I've ever seen in a game. Yeah. <laughs> just that little like, area. It's just like, what is, it's, 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 it looks better than the pre-rendered CG stuff. It's like, oh, this game looks way better than I ever thought it could be. There's certain scenes like um, kind of in that similar area, Aerith's church. I was yep. like, this looks better than CG stuff I've seen. And I just, oh, yeah. I was like, my brain was just like, not try was like trying to comprehend how that was, how that was working. There's a few things in this. It's like, is this a real time cutscene or is this like pre-rendered? Yeah. I was just like, some of the stuff just looks so good. Yeah. And I think just even just wandering around. So sometimes, cause you're obviously you're on, you're underneath the plates. So just looking up at the plate sometimes Oh yeah, yeah. and just seeing like, there's detail work up there that you can kind of make out as you're walking around and you're looking. Um, and the same thing when you're up, I think it's chapter six when you're doing the suns and you're just looking oh, down yeah, on the town yeah. and you can kind of see like these, these people have their lights on. This is like a little bit more popular. You can see all these little fine details of just looking down from when you're doing that sun is really, it, really cool. It, just the suns thing. It was like just kind of a cool thing that I, I don't, I don't think it was in the original game. It's just like, it's just an interesting idea. It's like, okay, so we have this giant plate on top of this town what else what like oh you would need to light the town like with an artificial sun in certain areas so like oh they thought about these things um it just it just felt like they just took like a really intense look at way it was it didn't feel like oh just ways we can expand it's just like okay what are other interesting things about this universe that we didn't talk about or didn't think of or this or that it's like okay let's that's and that's what i was saying it's like they really think about how the world reacts and how the world could function um yeah and like, oh, it's really crazy with that skybox too. Like when the plate's missing, it's like yeah, oh, and you have the one it, little like empty like sliver it's of pizza it. slice. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the other environments I want to specifically talk about is the Shinra HQ. Oh Jesus! Um, which you get towards the end, and just walking through that building is yeah. one of the coolest buildings I think I've ever seen in a game. Um, yeah the differences between like the ground floor lobby when you come in they kind of got like what you see in a lot of corporate buildings where you just have Mm -hmm. like these weird products sitting around you have the cars in the background which come into play obviously as part of the story later on but at the time it's like oh it's just these cool things you've got this really cool lighting you look up you can see all these floors um as you get up to the top you go through that museum yeah which i thought was one of the coolest scenes in there where it's like giving you this weird backstory and you can kind of look around and see all these different things that hint at like some of the things that have happened prior to in this world and yeah it was just a really cool well-designed building to be able to wander around in for five or six hours and you really did have that feeling like okay here's the lab here's the executive suites here's the conference rooms here's the lobby here's this and you could actually kind of see every little part you would see in a typical giant skyscraper that's a business yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I think i think though one of the things that i can appreciate about that and like a number of other scenes in it is that sometimes there's just an area just to walk around in, not even necessarily yeah. to have a boss battle in. It's like, here's just a cool area just to kind of like walk through. Not every area needs to be an arena. Not everything needs to have like a huge scene. It can just be two characters talking. And yep. we're gonna have this really gorgeous environment. Um, yeah, the Shinner HQ too. It's like, it's it's interesting. One of the things that kind of stood out to me was like how, you don't realize how strong and unique the original Final Fantasy art style was until I saw it like this because the lighting just throughout, especially at Shinra HQ, I think it was like kind of where it like exemplifies like the lighting is so stylized, like compared yeah. to other games where it's just like, 
here's natural looking lighting in this game it's like not natural light looking lighting at all it's like these like really no. highlights of like reds and blues and greens and um but it just looks like otherworldly and it's like it's i think it gives it such a unique look um that i wasn't that i didn't realize the original game had but i think like the shinner hq kind of like exemplifies it because it looks like that corporate building but it has this fantasy aspect it has this cool lighting and stuff I, the the art the art direction just in this was like absolutely insane and I think obviously like they had a good starting point so they could just build from there but I was just surprised how um, not generic the game looked ever <laughs> I mean okay I'll, okay I'll give you like sewers and stuff like I, I'm not we're not gonna talk about the sewers like I get it I, no they fine. they were there it, <laughs> it's it fine happened. I think it, I think they, honestly I think boring parts of games make other areas more fun and interesting um but like it was just interesting like how non-generic like a lot of stuff like i understood that i was like seeing it because it was the old game but it's like i've just never seen this in another game before <laughs> um the shinner yeah. hq like especially but like eris there's like just a lot of areas like i've just never seen this before um yeah yeah it's just they and and it's so crazy going off of what you see in the original final fantasy 7 to where they got here and i think you you're perfect mm-hmm. in saying that you the game had a very unique art style and taking it and putting all these like more normal areas walking around the cafeteria yeah oh yeah yeah. where where it's just like that cafeteria looked like a cafeteria that i would have seen in final fantasy 7 yeah and they just mimic that art style so well that everything fits into that those really just normal playstation one environments where you know there's some detail they they look good Mm -hmm. but there's only so much you could do in the late 1990s yeah and i think one of the things i was like actually on that cafeteria point there's parts in this that look like really realistic like to me the cafeteria is like kind of like oh it's it's kind of a realistic looking cafeteria yeah. um i think one of the big lessons learned that they took from final fantasy 15 was in final fantasy 15 there's some areas that just look like real places they don't really have a fantastical aspect yeah. to this but for this one it's like here's a kind of sort of familiar thing like that cafeteria example is like oh it's kind of a it's, it looks like a normal corporate cafeteria but there's this giant tree like in the middle of it encased in glass and then like yeah it's, it's overlooking like a giant fantasy city so it's, it's this cool like juxtaposition of like we can take these like things that we know of the real world and just like put them out of place in this like weird fantasy thing it just felt like i was constantly in a fantasy game it, it definitely i think it did a better job of like this is a fantasy set during present day than Final Fantasy 15 day because Final Fantasy 15 I think just leaned a little too hard in being like this is kind of the real world and this yeah. one's just like no this is just a fantasy world that is set in the same modern timeline as uh, yeah as we are the the gas station in Final Fantasy 15 looks like the gas station it looks like a gas station yeah yeah it's like a little it's it, not it, fan- yeah it it didn't quite you didn't do enough to make it not look like the the speedway down the road yeah um, <laughs> yeah. So I want to just talk, I don't want to get too nitty gritty about gameplay, but um, yeah. this has come up a couple of times just in our conversation. So I kind of want to get into it a little bit, Sure. Um, yeah. specifically with bosses. But um, you at one point actually said, I don't understand how you're playing this game. So I recorded some <laughs> gameplay of myself and sent it to you yeah. <laughs> because we I can say very like, different because I guess I want to hear how you played it because what I did was pretty much in my mind thought oh, it's like Kingdom Hearts where I just run up and smack things and then like occasionally I go, ooh, pause, all right, throw this, throw this, smack things, smack things, smack things, smack things. All right, pause, do this, especially towards the beginning. Once it got to the end, obviously, you've got to think a little bit more than that. Um, but I want to know how you played this because I'm very confused. <laughs> so <laughs> so basically to me, if I used a phoenix down, in my mind is like if I needed to use a phoenix down, I hadn't figured out whatever the puzzle was of the <laughs> boss. 
because like to me like a phoenix down is kind of like it's not a it's not a failure it's just like it's like it's kind of to me is like the buffer to make sure you you can still get past this section um but every time I use a phoenix down it's like i'm not getting something there's some sort of puzzly aspect to it so what i would do is like if i used a phoenix down i wouldn't just like reset but if i noticed i was getting my ass kicked like really bad i was like i could probably push through this but i want to figure out what they're trying to tell me to do so I go back and like refix my materia and stuff. Um, there's a fight that you did not do that I think like totally exemplifies this is uh, called Behemoth Zero. And it's very similar to me like in the Kingdom Hearts Sephiroth battle where you just get your ass whooped. And mm-hmm. you're just like, what happened to me? <laughs> and and then I went back and I was like, okay, he was doing this X, Y, Z. Okay, maybe if I have materia and these buffs and that sort of thing. And then I would apply all those and then do the fight again. And then just completely like just steamroll them. So I liked, I liked the puzzle. To me, it was like always a puzzle. Like if I'm not steamrolling the guy, I'm doing something wrong. And so I would kind of huh. like, re- I would like restart battles and stuff. Like, cause I didn't like the, I didn't like, it's not even like, it, I don't like that uphill grind of like, I can get through this, but I'm not doing it the way they want me to versus just like destroying the boss because I figured out the right sequence. Um, do you get what I mean? Kind of. Yeah. But that's so different. Cause in my mind, yeah. I was just like cloud just attack 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 <laughs> like i picked up i don't know what the name i don't remember the name of the sword off the top of my head but it was the one that was like the big heavy sword and it was the just giant like, japanese sword <laughs> yeah and i just loaded like every time i was like oh you can upgrade your weapon more attack more attack more attack more yeah, attack yeah. so i just like basically set cloud up to be dante from devil may cry where he's just in there like just smack 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 and then again use like depending on the party at the time the other mm-hmm. couple with just had a couple like barrier buffs and basically magic for when there was something that very clearly was oh magic will stop this yeah but otherwise i just pretty much just smacked up the things until they died i mean it works it works the thing the game doesn't quite let you fail ever which is fine i guess like i feel like in final fantasy games you can really get yourself screwed over if you're not careful yes um and in this one like i just had like a thousand everything at the not a thousand but i had like i'd like 100, 50, yeah. 30, 50 to 50 100 of, like, of every item yeah yeah um so i just feel like the game like never let me to, so to me like the next the next thing for me was like figuring out the puzzle aspects like what they're actually trying to tell me so um unless there's a fight that was just like really effing hard and it's like if i'm using a phoenix down that's probably okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah i think it's just, I mean, it's just a different way to play the game i think for sure but it's just it's cool that i think both ways work yeah, yeah. Um, whereas you looked at it as puzzles and I just looked at it more as like a straight action game with some cool mm-hmm. turn-based elements thrown in um, it, it's cool that it works the one place where I think you have to be a little bit smarter and I think this probably came for both of us is those yeah. bosses oh um, yeah the bosses yeah, yeah. in this game are just insane the one that stuck to me was Hell House like oh, God. that thing like <laughs> was a grind I think I texted you and I'm like I'm like 25 minutes into this fight and, oh yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like a quarter of the way through and you're like do this this and this I was like I don't have those materials equipped. I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> so I think the Hell House fight just in itself was like a half hour long. So it's just like, I'm just going to grind and we're just going to smack this damn thing. until. It, it is it... funny. There's definitely like tricks to that one. Like if you load up with all the right stuff, I mean, it still takes a long thing to me. I honestly think that Hell House fight for like a number of reasons is like how they just absolutely nailed this remake because the gameplay aspects to me, the puzzle aspects that need to do yeah. that. And the fact they actually just fucking include the Hell House. Like the fact that that even showed up at all is like, I was just like jaw on the floor. I was like, they did not just do the, it, the hell house. <laughs> it was it was one of those things that feels like it should be a weird side quest thing where you're like, oh yeah, like so and so keeps reporting that way off yeah. to the side. There's this weird house that like keeps talking to him, and, <laughs> and, or or whatever, and you get this weird like side quest thing that yeah. ends up with that fight. But it's just like no, like 
you're doing this. <laughs> I was just more like, this is a thing that could have cut so easily. Like, it's just, we're not oh, going to yeah. do the hell. We're not going to do the hell house, guys. We're not we're doing that. It's like, oh, no, no, you're fighting like a small cottage for half a fight <laughs> that turns into a robot. Um, so I don't want to spend too much time on gameplay before we get into the story here. But um, did you the like the gameplay, boss... though? Like, how'd you feel about it? Just like, oh, I loved it. I think, yeah, I think it's a great blend of what Kingdom Hearts does so well, which is just mm-hmm. kind of that action combat that, let's be honest, you really don't have to think through too much. Sure. Yeah. With a good blend of an old school turn based game, especially by the time you get to some of the end game fights in chapter 17 and 18, where you really yeah. have to kind of pause and go, okay, barrier here, Kira here. Okay. Let's do, you're going attacking, you're throwing magic and you actually have to pause and you have to go through those steps. And every time that yeah. ATB hits, you're like, all right, pause, reset, hit everything up. Okay. Go for a second. Okay. Pause. And I think it's a really good way to do classic turn-based gameplay in a year where a game of classic turn-based gameplay would not do well. Yeah. Yeah, I know I I could see that. Yeah. I I yeah, I think it's interesting cuz I think they I liked I like the tactical aspect. It's like, oh, to me it was just like, oh, this is why people like RPGs cuz I don't like grinding. But I was like, oh, I kind of get it. <laughs> I kind of get why people <laughs> like RPGs. It's like here's like the little setups and stuff that you can do. Um yeah. I also I like that they it definitely felt like they split it too. Like I had to be good at action games, but also I had to be good at RPGs. I was like I yes. just felt that's like it's it's cool. It's like I don't think most games don't ask you to be good at but I don't think any game really asks you. Maybe the Tales series, but I haven't played that one. But it's like it feels like Kinda. most of the time it's like you're you're we're RPG, so you need to be good at RPG mechanics, or we're an action game. It's like well, in this one you need to be a little good at both. I know that was really yeah, clever. and you can definitely I think fight through it with either one. Where we were talking yeah. about the ways that we different that we played it different, but it definitely like Barrett section. It's like mm-hmm. no, you just got to be able to shoot some things. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And oh, then God, you get that was to so like fun. Yeah. And then you get to the part where you're like, okay, like it's Aerith and one of their characters. Like, okay, you need to be really smart about how you're using Aerith here or you're just going to get the crap kicked out of you. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's a really, really good blend of a couple different things. Um, I love turn-based games still. Yeah. So part of me is like, I would have been cool if it was turn-based, but I think the way that they did this, just it, it knocked it out of the park. It's great. Yeah, yeah. I could block. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> That's all Doug needs is a good block. I button. just need right. a good block. Um, so I want to get into the story moments here. So mm-hmm. we could obviously spend probably two hours going like chapter by chapter and looking at everything, no. but <laughs> for all of our sanity, um, yeah. let's, we just we kind of, we both picked out some key moments that we wanted to kind of talk about here. Mm-hmm. So, um, one of the moments and we'll go, we'll go pretty much chronologically here. One of the moments sure. that stood out for me right away, um, is when cloud goes to his apartment the first time mm-hmm. and there's that neighbor and the so neighbor's weird. doing some weird things, and there's that weird vision of Sephiroth that happens right here. And then the neighbor comes out, and you see the number on his arm. Yeah. Um, and Cloud has this like kind of weird reaction to it. And I think that's one of the first signs that this isn't a remake. Oh, okay. That we're doing something yeah, yeah. very, very different. Now, I saw that, and my first thought was, I think you see the the ghosts or the whispers just after that scene. You, for no, the first you see time. that. You see it when you first meet Aerith when she's like she's like she's like ah oh my gosh there's ghosts around me sort of thing. That came first. Yeah, yeah that comes first. Okay, yeah, that yeah. comes first. Okay, so so you know you see those and you're like okay that's kind of weird. But then when you see that that was kind of my first major inclination of like we're not just adding these weird ghost things, but we're adding in this whole new thing. We're changing the story because again it's been a while since I played Final Fantasy VII. And it's not one of those games that I have the most vivid memories of, but. Mm-hmm. in my mind you don't know anything about the clones and everything until way later in the game sure yeah so yeah. just like introducing it within the first few hours and you're like okay what i really shouldn't even know about this till the game's done because that's kind of what i did in my head a few times where things started popping i was like i don't think i i don't think i knew about this until like yeah 20 hours in and 
like seven hours in and I'm getting hints <laughs> at this. Like what's going on? Like, so I just think that scene stuck yeah. out to me right away as like, this is something different. What's going on here? And as the I game think, progressed, yeah. they just added to that. I think the one, I think the one for me that the thing that stood out for me was the, um, and I were going back for a second. It's, it's just the opening, the opening. Oh the yeah. Is like, there's like, it was interesting because they hit it because in the demo, the demo is just the yep. opening of the original game. And this one, they hit like a whole, like, here's Midgard during the day and people living in mid and then doing all these different things, like really, really cool detailed stuff. And it's just like, and it, the thing that I think that the game is really good at like slowly revealing its cards. Kind of like you're saying, it's like, yep. Oh, here's some ghosts. No, it's a little bit different. It's probably not going to be that big a deal. It's like, Oh, here's the clone. It's like, well, that came a little bit later. It's like, well, wait, now, now we're doing this and now we're doing that. And then we'll talk about the end where they like reveal their full hand of cards. Um, but it is cool that they keep like dropping these like little bits and like, of like, y- like you knew this, like I didn't, the, to me that really didn't mean anything because I didn't beat the original one. But to you, that was like a huge moment because you knew and like you're seeing the visions of the future. I think the other thing that stuck out to me was literally the character's visions of the future. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, which is, which <laughs> And I don't even know how I feel about that because that still feels weird just because they start so early. And to yeah. be honest, they really don't do much with them. Sure. If you, yeah, that's they true. really They really don't reveal anything about those visions. They really don't ever give you a hint of what's going on with Cloud and Sephiroth and this. You know there's some kind of connection by the end. Yeah. But for the way that they started, like, just jamming those things down your throat, like, ten minutes into the game, like, yeah. here's Sephiroth, look out. And you're like, who's yeah. Sephiroth? What's this? <laughs> I, I guess I'm more. I was more thinking of like the stuff where like when you there's a part like where Cloud actually sees the plate falling like really early oh, on. Yeah. And to me, it's it's the cue that like we know that you know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think I think the game does that really really well of the we know that you know um, stuff. And I think that's kind of what you're talking what you were talking about like the clone stuff. It's like we know that you know this is important, <laughs> mm-hmm. but we're not. But gonna we're not going to tell you why. About yeah. It. yeah. Um, so a couple of other key moments that we'll go through here. So, uh, you mentioned after the first bomb was something that stood out for you as well. Yes. Yeah. I, that, that scene, I think that, I think the, the one thing that was kind of weird about the original game, it's like, we're a plucky group of terrorists, which is like (laughs) probably okay. Pre nine 11. (laughs) Um, but now, but now it's like a little bit weird. It's like, they are, they are kind of terrorists and they show like, that scene, like following the re- reactor explosion, they do kind of. I think they soften it probably correctly. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and that it's like it was actually Shinra who made a really big explosion. Um, but I just thought it was like really crazy, like going through that. It's like, oh, here is the here's the town reacting to what they just did, and what they did mm-hmm. was a pretty bad thing. Um, yeah, it's like it's actually affecting people's lives. And we had mentioned the suns, like turning off the suns. Like it's like a lot of it was just like, oh, I'm like doing things that are hurting people, and do I believe enough in their mission to go along with it was kind of like one of my thoughts like early on. They definitely make it. They, I think they definitely justify a little bit more um, as it goes on to say, just make yeah. Shinra worse than them. <laughs> um, yeah. But it's not like they aren't good. It's not like they're really good people. They believe in what they're doing, but I, what they're doing is like, it's interesting how it's like, they're like the game's acknowledging. It's like, they're hurting people by what they're doing. Um, yeah. And that's, that was, that was to me, that was like, Oh, that's kind of an interesting perspective on this. Like, we're still like we're acknowledging that maybe doing a friendly eco terrorist thing is like a little strange. <laughs> yeah, and I think your yakuza style conversations that we were talking about play into that soul because mm-hmm. as you're walking around, you're getting other people's take, and even if you don't have that initial like you're like yeah we got the corporation ah yeah. as you're walking around like oh man like 
my house and so many things and like what are they doing like they're gonna they're taking this away how am i gonna yeah. and you get this real feeling of like oh god like <laughs> <laughs> do you I believe got, it's I got, like i, got I think the it's evil as- corporation <laughs> i think it's the player i think they're i think they're i think they're throwing it on the player to like to figure out like do you believe in what they're doing yeah how um, do you feel about is, this which is really it's i this game is like way more clever than I thought it'd be for like a number of reasons. We're not, we haven't talked. We're not talking about the more clever aspects before, but we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought it was so. One of the parts that I thought was cool, and I think you kind of brought this one up too, is Jesse's house. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. The side, the not side mission. It's the main chapter, but where you go to Jesse's house, and I think this is again one of those points where it's like, okay, we're this one didn't feel like they were changing the game, but it felt mm-hmm. like one of those moments of like, we're really gonna put some more into the aspects of the Midgar section of Final Fantasy yeah. VII that just didn't exist. And we mm-hmm. talked about that before, but just, I don't know, that was a really interesting scene in the way it played out, where yeah. you have to, like, sneak in the house, and you sneak in the back door, and you see her, like, dying father there, and I think yeah. that adds to the the Shinra evil, because, oh, he worked at Shinra, and all this, da 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 and just, it gives you this weird feeling, like, I don't, that whole section almost made me feel like, I don't know if I like what we're doing. Yeah, because it's just like a residential neighborhood, essentially. It's like, it's yeah. that cool juxtaposition of like a residential neighborhood and like a Final Fantasy thing. And then you're robbing a house and stealing the key card off a guy who's terminally ill. It's yeah. like, what? It just. <laughs> but for your great cause against the evil yeah. corporation. So again, yeah, it's like yeah. that, like. And again, like, as you mentioned, as the game gets on, it, it very clearly is like Shinra are just bad. Yeah, yeah. Shinra yeah. bad. But that first <laughs> probably 10 hours, everything you're doing feels like. I know that we have a reason and I know that there's a, a goal here, but we're kind of going about it in a kind of evil way. We're yeah. not. And, and I think, I think the player almost fits well with cloud in this. Cause clouds just kind of going like, just pay me. I sure. don't, oh, I, yeah. don't, I don't know if this is good or bad. Where's my money. I don't yep. care. Just give me my money. And then as it goes on, yeah. he kind of slowly joins in and goes like, okay, no Shinra are some bad people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. He never really believes in the life force stuff, though. It's just he he realizes he acknowledges how evil Shinra is. He doesn't really fall in line with like the oh the life force stuff kind yeah. of thing. I think mean, like a little bit, but um, yeah. I mean, r- real quick, like yeah, all the characters are like amazing. Like Cloud being oh yeah, a, a Cloud being a punk was like pretty cool. <laughs> like constantly, he's not a he's not he's not a main attack. He's not a main protagonist you would have in most games nowadays. He's just no. a, like a, a just a punk who's not very likable, and then who gradually becomes likable. It's pretty cool. Oh um, yeah, he works so well. Um, yeah. I'm going to go slightly out of order because I think this fits with kind of that that making this real thing. Um, one mm-hmm. of the scenes that I liked, and it was optional because you could take the elevator or the stairs. Sure, yeah. When you get into Shinra HQ yeah, towards yeah. the end. Um, I took the elevator because I think it was like late at night and I was like, oh man, I got to keep going. I got to keep going. I don't have <laughs> yeah. time. I know I you're going to do this. I know, you, I know you're going to do the stupid thing where I have to run up the stairs. I get it. Ha ha ha. Very cute. I'm not even going to look at it. I need to go up yeah. the elevator. Let's get this thing going. But when you take the elevator, there's one scene that just sticks out so much in my mind. Um, and that is when you're getting these people on and off the first couple times, just, Oh, there's guards. And then the next time it's like, just this employee comes on and Tifa kind of starts saying like, man, like there's real people who work here. They're just trying to, they're just trying to do their jobs. They're just, they just trying to make a living for their family. Mm -hmm. And it, again, it's that, and this is chapter 17 or 16, I think. Yeah. And it brings you back to that first part of the one. Like, sure, yeah. They are bad, but like, and you walk past like a room of people just doing their jobs at computers, yeah. like engineers, and you're just like, I'm going to blow this building up. <laughs> 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 and it's just, it's one of those things that I don't think enough media does where it's like, oh, that, that group, evil. And it's like, there's some, 
there's some janitors there's some software engineers there's some just yeah. receptionists there's some people hanging out just working in this business because that's the business that hired them and yeah the company's evil but really it's those like eight people at that conference table yeah. Yeah. and then coming down and it's just that elevator scene i think just really drilled it in and it's something you don't see enough in media where like they're you're affecting real people when you take down the evil corporation yeah 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 i, I thought one of my favorite well, actually one of my favorite scenes is the cop is when you're walking around the conference rooms and the people at shinra corp are reeling from the plate dropping and they're yeah. just trying to come up with like emergency plans and rebuilding plans and like they're talking about having lost friends and they're talking about like it's not just oh it, it, it n- there are very few evil people in the corporation but then barrett makes the point it's like they're all kind of culpable like they all are yeah. like they all have like they it's i forgot, I forgot his line it was it's, i don't know there's so many lines that are like surprisingly good for a final fantasy game oh for sure <laughs> um but yeah i mean he's like he's like acknowledging it's like yeah they are normal people but like they are culpable to this organization they are a part of it and it's just it's it's such an it's an interesting discussion it's not it's like you're saying it's not a it's not they're right they're wrong it's like it's a discussion um the, the whole game sits in this weird gray area yeah yeah which is and then Final Fantasy games, like, I don't think they do that. And I don't even know if, I don't know if Final Fantasy VII particularly did that. I think they just thought about the story. <laughs> like I think, just... well, and again, and I, th- this was my concern coming into this, was, like, the Midgar section is not long and not detailed. The yeah, Midgar yeah. section isn't the important part. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I don't think Avalanche really even gets mess- m- m- mentioned. I don't think Avalanche <laughs> even gets mentioned really after you leave midgar it's just kind of like oh yeah that was just our setup that's just how cloud joins these people that's cool whatever that happened yeah. but this like because you have to dwell on it you have to do a little bit more looking into this and how these things all work yeah um could we, could we so, switch gears and talk about honeybee <laughs> yep that was i was gonna say i feel like that's kind of the ending of the uh the key moments there's you gotta talk about the honeybee so uh wow chapter nine is insane chapter nine is probably one of the best like five hours <laughs> of a game i've ever played just it's one of those things that you know is coming, and it was one of those things where, kind of like you said, like the eco terrorist works before nine eleven, but then now you kind of yeah. got to like play that out a little bit different. It's the same thing where like Cloud just putting on a dress and doing that whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Fine, maybe a little awkward in ninety seven, but now it's like you have to do something with this scene in yeah. order to keep it. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Boy, did they do something with that scene? Yeah, they. Uh, I. That whole scene, I think, I, just the whole, my whole expectation for that scene, I don't know, I don't think I had any, like, I knew, like, Cloud was gonna get a dress, but that's not the interesting part, the interesting part is, like, there's, like, oh, before you go here, you need to practice how to dance, I was, like, okay, sure, yeah. whatever, and they have, like, a strangely well-responsive, interesting dancing mini game, and I was, like, yeah. what is about to happen, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, no, it was, it, and, like, the, the scene is a, they have a musical number, that is very long, <laughs> maybe five minutes, like yep. five minute, 10 minute long musical number in which your main character dances and you need to tap buttons to make them dance. And at the end, they turn into a Disney princess. Um, <laughs> uh, I definitely I definitely don't have the depth to talk about it, but I was just like, it was interesting that like they had like gay characters who were gay and flamboyant and it just like absolutely worked in that setting. Um, mm-hmm. And it wasn't like judgmental or anything like that. It was just like, oh, this actually like super works with the with this in the context of it and we're not going to make it like a hateful or gross scene it's just like oh this is just a very flamboyant like really fun fun scene yeah it's it's one of the most entertaining scenes in the game and i think what you're saying is perfect because there's never like you could go so many different directions with 
character dialogue with everything it's just like no this just happened like here we go and yeah. now we're now we're going back to the dons and there it is and it just it works so well with every character i think the over-the-top nature of that whole dancing number yeah um just helps exaggerate that whole scene and just make it this really really fun really exciting scene where you're just seeing all these different perspectives and you're seeing all these different characters with different mindsets different like obviously different feelings about what's going on and it's just like nope this is just cool and it's one of those scenes where i think no matter who you are you're just walking on that's just a fun scene yeah oh it's just fun it's so cool it's so well done i you you mentioned the well responsive dancing game the first time i did i was like oh god this is gonna i was like oh I actually have to be good at this. <laughs> like, it's just doesn't, I feel like most games where it gives you that weird mini game, it's just like, just yeah. hit the button, you're fine. This, it's like, oh no, like you actually want me to hit the button, the button when I want to hit the, the button. The so, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that whole scene. I'm sorry. Go for it. Oh no, that whole scene is, I was just going to say that whole scene is just very cool. I will say like, it's interesting though, how that chapter like definitely turns like halfway, like a- after that point where it gives you this very awesome flamboyant scene into this like, oh, everybody's actually culpable to this really horrible thing that's going on in the town. Yeah, and you get into, like, <laughs> the Don and that sleazy yeah, yeah. and just everything once you enter there is just so gross and so sleazy. And it's like, yeah, again, you're everybody's culpable that you were mentioning before when we were talking about Shinra. It's like, yeah, this is fun and this is exciting, but you're also feeding into this horrible thing with the Don and everything that's going on there. And so, it, And it's funny when you go back there. <clears throat> when you go back there, it's during the day. <clears throat> Excuse me. When you go back there, it's during the day. And you realize it's just as trashy as any other place in, in Midgar. It's not like, it's not, it's just all the sun bleached stuff. And honestly, it's like walking around Las Vegas strip in the middle of the day. <laughs> That's what yeah, it felt it just, like. It's just it like, just, oh, this is uh, gross. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the finale, the oh, last boy. two hours. <laughs> let's do this. So, so okay. Uh, let's start by Where saying, we, yeah, let's start with saying, more or less the events of the original happened up until the last very last part yeah can we talk about Should, the whispers and like how yep, it kind that's, of slowly yep yep how, so how it slowly kind of hinted that this might be happening mm-hmm. yeah. so the whispers kind of get you there you know you see the president of shinra you see his son you find you do all these things and the way that the whispers navigate you there with Barrett's death with yeah. some of the avalanche people the whole way through these whispers are guiding you to the game you think you should be playing do we have time to get into the whispers because i want to talk about the weird meta commentary of the whispers do we have time i'm asking sure you. okay sure. so the whispers okay so the thing that is amazing about the whispers is that they basically personified the fandom as this as these ghosts that are literally haunting the game. This it's these it's this fandom that wants the game to be exactly how it used to be, and it's going to do everything in its power to push it to make sure the game is exactly like the original. And they use that as a major plot point, which is insane. It is like something that is like I. I don't think I think I'm trying to think of like other media that have even done this, but it's just like there's no way you could. that idea of making a Final Fantasy VII remake as part of the plot is insane. And then, there's yeah, there's so little else that you could even do that with because yeah, oh no, of what yeah, this yeah. game is. Like yeah, there are so many other there are so many sm- or sorry, there's really nothing else on the level of Final Fantasy VII where you could go. 
we know if we change these three things, people yeah. are going to lose their shit. <laughs> yeah. But guess what? We're changing these three things. Yeah, yeah. Lose your shit. And guess what? We're going to knock you for it the whole way through where you're going like, <laughs> where the whispers like, no, but this is the way we want to go. We want to go this. And you're like, no. No. Mm-mm. No. It was funny because when Barrett's death, my reaction was like, you can't do that. I was like, you are not allowed to kill and, Barrett in the scene. And then the ghosts come and revive Barrett. Like, <laughs> you got See, and me. I had the complete opposite reaction, I think, because yeah. I, I tend to prefer, like, I love the fact that this is almost more of a loose interpretation of Final yeah. Fantasy VII than a, than a straight shot for a shot. I tend to prefer that more. So when yeah. Barrett died, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. You killed yeah. Barrett? This is so cool. Like, yeah. I love Barrett. But, like, at the same time, like, this is nowhere did i expect that came out of left field like it works it fits it what and then he came back i was like this is bullshit um (laughs) but yeah but but he had plot armor like he has plot armor you know he doesn't die there and that's that's but that's but that's why i liked it because i didn't at this point like oh you got the tease of the clones coming you got the you got all these other teas you see Genova there that you don't see there before you get all these other teases where it's like we're not doing final fantasy 7 get it through your head like this isn't the final fantasy 7 you know and love we're doing our own thing barrett's dead and you're like oh my god you really are just going wherever so it's like yeah they kind of almost eliminated my thoughts of plot armor prior to that point because they changed so many things coming into it yeah that i saw him die and i was like you did it like you killed Barrett and it's a scene yeah. and it works and Barrett's main goal was to take down Shinra and at that point I did think about Shinra's that, yeah, taken care of like yeah if you go back to Final Fantasy 7 that's that's his main drive is like yeah. oh I fight for Shinra I take down Shinra I take down Shinra I take down Shinra and then once you leave Midgar he kind of is like eh, yeah I'm, I'm with you guys sure yeah no you're right so you're it's right. like this fits Barrett has accomplished his goal Barrett's mission is complete like you can kill him and it will work and you get that victory moment of like he did it though like we took down most of shinra he was definitely more active in taking out the president this time too like that whole mm-hmm. scene is like way different too because the president's not just dead and killed by sephiroth and then that's it it's yeah. like oh no you actually like you there's something happened that you didn't see and then he actually has the opportunity to like kill um the president you have the so, batman hanging him off the ledge type deal <laughs> yeah it, but it was i think the thing that i liked is like when they brought him back because that wasn't his point to die and then the whole rest of the game is basically then the whole like lead up following that is like you guys know about the plot armor now we're like literally going to kill the plot armor yeah um so it's like so it's like all those little deus ex machina of like who's going to make it and who's not yeah the, we're acknowledging that that's happening now but once you finish this game that's not happening anymore <laughs> yeah and i think that the last line and i actually meant to look it up before we started and i forgot to was something like the unknown journey continues or the yeah, unknown yeah. journey will progress or something and you're just like you don't give a shit anymore yeah it was cool literally like it just ends on this note of like sorry we're gonna make part two <laughs> that's why this one's called remake because this is a remake part two it's not a remake we're doing our own shit yeah. Sure, you might go to the Golden Saucer, but maybe it's silver. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe you meet, maybe you meet these other characters. Maybe, maybe they're already dead. I th- I think it's really funny. I think it's finally the like. The, I think the thing that's like kind of cool that they revealed it. I think this that would not have worked if this was a bad game, because no, it's like yeah. you guys can't. You guys like clearly aren't going to be capable of doing it. It's like oh no you guys should go do your own thing with this because you clearly know how to keep the reverence with the series. You know, what's interesting to change. 
and now you're going off and like like do it, charting your own path like that's just that's really cool i think it's crazy that they like literally killed the fandom's ex- expectations as like an insane final boss <laughs> like it's, that's so mad i don't know how to <laughs> it's i i didn't care for the final boss just because sure. i felt like it, it just kind of was like out of nowhere it's like oh big monster because we need a big monster yeah yeah and and i didn't care for that like necessarily I don't want to necessarily story-wise because I get what you're doing story-wise is that you're setting up this next adventure, but it just it feels yeah. like, it feels like this very mild conclusion to that game where you're like, ha ha ha. It almost feels like you're landing on a joke. You know I, what I mean? You're ending sure, on a joke sure. where you're like, ha ha. You thought things were gonna be the same, but they're not. <laughs> I th- and I think it's I think it's more like it's like I get I think mechanically and like design-wise, like why am I killing a just giant monster? But yeah. I mean, it's the monolith of the insecurity of making a final fantasy seven remake that you're killing is like, that's just, but, that's so that's, much more interesting than anything else could have been. And I agree. Cause the ending, cause that was always my concern with the, this is how do you end this game? Cause there's not really yeah. a good, like the president dies, his son takes over. Let's go. We're going to go find Sephiroth to figure out what's going sure. on. And that's the end of the game. So yeah. I do, I do agree that you need to do something at the end of the game, but it just feels like you almost get so caught up and you're like, we're going to comment on what you think that we're going to yeah. make the comments part of the game, which is cool with the whispers just kind of flowing through, but I feel like as the ending scenes of your game, sure. I felt like the stuff with Sephiroth was kind of interesting where he's talking about what's going on, but just that yeah. big random final boss. I feel like instead you follow Sephiroth through the portal and you just do the Sephiroth fight. I could have just, you could have just left that part out and been like, oh, when we defeated Sephiroth, he was somehow connected to the whispers. We don't necessarily yeah. know how. But that's what kills the whispers, and now we can do our own thing. So I, th- I think I appreciate. It. I just like how I, 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 it's, it's more creative than anything else I would have thought of. Oh, I mean for sure, yes, you know absolutely, what I mean? yeah. And that, yeah. and and that's why I like it so much because it is, it's a creative way to go about doing something that. I think if you, I think if you make this a shot for shot, yeah. And at the end, it's just like, all right, well, now we've got to go find Sethros. So let's go to these other places that we know are coming. Yeah. You're excited because it's a fun game. Whereas yeah. now I'm excited because I'm like, who knows what could happen? Like, am I going to still see the same characters? Am I going to go to the same places? Like, mm-hmm. is what's going to happen with Meteor and with all the other stuff? Like, all this other stuff that's happening, like, what what happens? And, yeah. that's, <laughs> and that's the cool place to leave it that I didn't think starting this game I'd be left with going, well, what happens when it's done? Yeah, no, I know. I can see. That. I can see that. So like, you're just you're you're more excited with like the yeah because you 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 don't even know what's next. Like you you are pretty well versed in the game, in like the Final Fantasy game. But now even you at this point are like, I don't know what's gonna happen, sort of thing. No, it's like maybe Zach's the protagonist of the next game. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I, oh man, I, before get like I don't want to get too deep into it, but I think it, I think it's just interesting that they're like, yeah, we're gonna change it. I will say it was absolutely freaking wild that, that their visions of the future were that like during that fight with Sephiroth, they're getting visions of the future, which are remade CG clips from the PlayStation one game of the, of the finale and Advent children clips. And it's just like, what on earth is going on? And the thing that's like really crazy is like, that is the finale of final fantasy seven. From, from what I remember, I did see the final ball. I saw one of my (laughs) friends beat the game. One of my friends beat the game. So I saw like, I've seen a lot of bits and pieces of it. Um, but like they used a lot of like evocative imagery from the finale of Final yes. Fantasy VII, and they're like, "We're going to do the finale of Final Fantasy VII." It's like at a third of the at four of the core four of the core of the way through the game. Like that's that's the thing. It's like how what is the what is the finale of Final Fantasy remake? Like what is that now? It's exactly it's, you and can't do, you, do this. <laughs> where where do you go and how does how do those things play into it? Because Sephiroth's obviously that was his plan, and then 
where where does Sephiroth even come from? Like, did he know like the events that happened to the other one? Is this and that's yeah. where you get into the weird like, please don't go to like six timelines and eight dimensions. And that's my one hesitation. That is, is the one like, thing I'm a little worried about. Yeah, I feel like they're very much setting up for like, oh, not only is like Sephiroth a clone, but he can also there's clones of him, and he can jump dimensions, and he knows the future. It's, you start getting into some weird things that I don't think lend themselves to good storytelling. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting because the Zack living is like super interesting, but it seemed like Zack is living in a different universe. They they kind of hint that it's like it's a different universe entirely, and it's like okay, all right, we'll see, we'll see. I, yeah. I like I think it's so interesting that they're that they're taking the story in new directions. I would say specifically multiverse stuff is just done a lot these days for some reason. Just for some reason, I don't know what it is, but like every story has like multiverse stuff. Yep. I think like just specifically them doing multiverse hopping may not be super interesting but i'm just i don't know i but it's like such a minor complaint because that game is freaking amazing yeah and honestly i think it's one of those things where i'm not the type of person who's going to complain about that stuff and i just Mm -hmm. i love the way that it's done so well that i can't i get it like it's it's this treasured memory you have whatever like yeah but at the same time this is such a cool reinterpretation of that and Mm -hmm. it uses it and i think I think it's one of those things where it changes it, but it also holds so true and does all of the things that that original thing did. Yeah. That like, I can't be upset with it because you do embody everything that final fantasy seven was. Mm-hmm. You just didn't do it the way that you did that. It happened exactly. It is more creative than any fan could have written. I feel like hundred percent. The, the version that everybody wants is a fan is just this like very boring, it's not even like a resident evil 2 remake it's just a very straight remake that looks good and i think yeah. i think what they did is just like you know what we can do something more interesting than that and that's and, what we're gonna do and they did and it worked out so beautifully yeah. so good <laughs> um, probably my again it's probably my favorite game it's, i i would definitely say it's one of the best games i've played yeah not quite sure if i'd go to number one yet but it's just we'll kingdom see. hearts and yakuza man it's the best <laughs> <laughs> anyway We are Workforce Gaming. You can follow us on Twitter at Workforce Gaming. Subscribe to us wherever you're listening, and we will see you later. Bye.